behind the varsity baseball field, right? Uh, and it's kind of like in the outfield, there's like a black tarp. And so we're kind of walking on uh, the outside of the tarp, so I can't see inside of the field. But um, as I'm walking Nico, my paranormal dog, we hear a conversation of these two young boys as if they're kind of in the outfield, like playing a game. And they're talking like normal, like they're just having a normal conversation. And we hear them talking and we keep on walking until we get around the corner where we can see inside of the field. And there was nobody there. It's completely empty field. So ghost sighting, I, I didn't see a ghost, but I heard the ghost. Um, so be careful, guys. Welcome to another week of Ghosts in the Scene. And this is the only podcast where you will not hear ghosts. It's a ghost-free podcast. Certified Audio Sage. I'm your host, Gio, and I'm here with my co-host, Rob. How's it going, Rob? I'm just astounded by your bravery, Gio, first of all, just to uh, be able to be within that moment and know what was going on. I think that's really important to be aware of the spirits that are around you. I hope all of you out there are taking care of yourselves and taking care of of your spirits, being aware of the spirits, um, you know, and I'm doing the same. Uh, I'm, I'm keeping it real every day, everyone, and I hope you are too. That's right, guys. We are getting near the tail end of Halloween. This will, in fact, be coming up before Halloween is over. So this is ostensibly our Halloween episode. So high alert, everybody. We, we only have a few more days to uh, get rid of this terrible, terrible feeling that we have hanging all over us. But um, we're here to help. We're here to give you the news of the week and to give you the commentary that you didn't think that you needed, but you absolutely need. So let's get into it. Um, there's some stuff that happened in the box office this week that only paranormal activity could explain. Um, mm -hmm. Some crazy things have been happening. And the numbers, it's, it, it's insane. So, so let's get into it. What is number one this week in the box office? Looks to be like it's a horror movie. Uh, I don't I don't like these movies because they they condone violence, death, all all that stuff, all the above. But this movie is called Halloween, and so it's especially um, loaded with all this kind of energy, and and it's uh, a sequel a spiritual sequel, kind of, to another movie called Halloween that was made in the 70s, I believe 1978. So 40 years to the day, and this movie is released. Um, do you know anything about this movie, Rob? I mean, you know, I was pretty spooked from the get-go of just, you know, it being 40 years from its original. It's not quite skirting 
you know, on the sixes. And as we can hear, Nico's already barking as well. Our spiritual mm-hmm. guide is never off on these things. Um, so this is obviously powerful stuff. Uh, the fact that these, uh, you know, we're getting these alerts uh, from just me talking about it. So I stayed away. Uh, I, I can't be around that many ghosts at the moment. Uh, I think there's been too many paranormal activities. I'm a little frightened. I mean, you know, this is, we're getting near our anniversary of our first show as well. And um, that was a very powerful time for us uh, when I found myself being drawn to the ghost dimension. So, uh, you know, I'm not telling people to necessarily stay away, but if you're susceptible, watch out. Yeah, exactly. Um, as a professional, I had to go and watch this movie. And what I saw was a grown adult man destroy the lives of everybody he touched. And it was a little too close to home. It reminded me of something that I see every day on the news. Um, and, you know, I don't want to get political, but Stephen Baldwin is making a mockery of all of us. And it just reminded me of that, that sometimes you can you can pay for this kind of stuff. You, you can pay to see uh, reality kind of shown in a different way on a screen. And for Halloween, as much as it had the, you know, killing and murder, it also had a, a sense of, like, is teaching you something. Um, and, and in this way, if, and this is where I'm going to get into spoilers, so people uh, be careful with uh, your your friends around you, make sure that they're paying attention to these. Because if they don't pay attention to these spoilers, they will get uh, spooked. So let me just get into it. So the women in the movie, they pretty much have a plan to trap and kill Michael Myers. And their plan kind of goes off without a hitch. And so this is kind of in the Lost Boys kind of pantheon of things where they teach you how to kill a monster. And in that way, it's, it's very good because you wouldn't know how to kill somebody with such ease. Uh, all you had to do is trap them in a basement and, you know, lock them with some bars and set the whole house on fire. Easy. It's that easy to kill somebody. And we, I wouldn't have known how to do that were it not for this movie. So I want to thank Jamie Lee Curtis. I want to thank everybody in production of this movie. But frankly, um, it did show enough death that I did see some ghosts uh, escape from the movie itself. So I'm not going to go ahead and condone people watching this movie, but at least there's a, a lesson to be learned. Not like the other movies, you know? Yeah, shout out to um, paranormal uh, icon Jimmy Lee Curtis uh, for going out there and showing us and doing the sh- showing America, you know, what, what needs to be done. Uh, and it's actually something that's pretty simple. You just put them in the basement and set it on fire. Yeah. Um, no fuss, you know, no muss. People don't really think about the easy solutions. They usually try to think about the hardest solution first. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a big disservice to other people because they can see the easy solution, but everyone thinks to go for the hard one. And it, it's like we all make our lives more difficult when we're not always taking the easy way out. So my, my advocation is for everybody, just take the easy way out at all times. Because that way, everybody else, they won't feel guilty to, to go the hard way. Everybody can go the easy way. And life will just be a lot easier. So 
don't worry about Halloween. It's a flash in the pan. Um, it, it's it's going to come out. It's a seasonal thing, and uh, it'll it'll lose its flavor, its spice, and it'll go away. But there are some other movies on the box office top ten that simply are not going away. Mm-hmm. They're like a fucking herpes sore on on my penis, and it's it, it's not going away. As much as as much cream as I put on, these movies aren't going away either. We have the top two, the top three, are populated by movies that have come out at the beginning of this month. A Star is Born is still number two. Venom is number three. And they're just raking in the cash as well. We're talking about, you know, over a million, million and a half dollars here. So, like, this is obviously injected with a lot of ghosts in them. You don't see a lot of numbers like this in the, you know, make the top, crack the top tier, unless they're injected with some serious ghosts. Uh, I wish it to say that that wasn't true, because I feel like there's plenty of quality films out there that are ghost-free that would deserve, and I think people should see, but uh, just, you know, in this economy, uh, you're not going to make it without the ghosts. And let's quickly just kind of go over Venom, because I think it just needs to be said. Um, if we haven't talked about this before, this is a classic example of a possession. This is a possession story disguised as a science fiction uh, alien story. So this is about a man who touches something possessed that goes into his body, becomes his friend in his brain, and then they work together to kill and eat people. Sound familiar? It sounds like an exorcism. Sounds like The Exorcist to me. Like a almost like a remake that they kind of hid in disguise. So that's this is the kind of thing. This is why it's still number 3. This is why A Star is Born, a movie about, you know, a, a man who and this is another spoiler, who straight up kills himself is why is that number 2? I think it has to do with the fact that these these people they're putting themselves in like a sacrificial kind of, they're sacrificial lambs. You have Tom Hardy, who opens himself up to a demon to take over half of his body, just so he can, you know, role-play this, this, this guy. And then you have Bradley Cooper, who, you know, commits suicide. Um, this is the fourth time that, you know, this happens in, the, in these movies. All of this charging, it's all paranormally charged. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's terrifying. And the, the thing that really scares me, not really the content of, of the, the movies, but it's more the fact that people are so willing to accept this as an everyday occurrence. That these movies are one, two, and three on the box office, and nobody's batting an eye and, and mm-hmm. asking why. So that's what really freaks me out. That's what really scares me. So uh, real quick, do you know anything about the people who made the latest Halloween movie? You know, Gio, I think being in connection with uh, Hollywood in Los Angeles, being Rob Thomas, uh, you know, you get to hear some things around, you get to hear about some players. And these are actually some people that I've heard about for a long time. Uh, They kind of fly underneath the radar, but if you are in the business, these are people that touch just about everybody uh, in some way or another. So I think I know who you're talking about. This is... Production company of Halloween, 
I believe they're by the name of Blumhouse Productions. Yes, that's that's exactly what I was talking about. Blumhouse. So, guys, this is going to be a quick little um, kind of a lesson in history about who you associate yourself with throughout your career will follow you for the rest of your life. And so this is Blumhouse. Um, we're talking about the guy who created it. His name is Jason Blum. Jason, if you guys don't know, is one of the um, evil characters in the movies. Uh, I think it's called Friday the 13th. Jason is, is one of those bad guys. But that, uh, that's not, neither here nor there. Mm -mm. So Jason Blum was born in 1969 on February 20th. He um, associated himself uh, with a lot of different producers throughout the years, but he primarily worked uh, mostly with Bob and Harvey Weinstein as an executive producer and later as an independent producer for Warner Brothers. So already he's, he's working with the occult. The, the most notorious sorcerers in all of Hollywood and plus the original ghost movie studio. Exactly. So the people that you choose to work with, they will follow you. They will stain your body and you will be seen as stained, as tainted. And this is what happens. So he works with the Weinsteins. He works with the Warner Brothers, two notorious families. And then he goes to make his own empire. And so he goes and uh, he produces a movie called Kicking and Screaming, which is a hilarious movie with Will Ferrell. But based off of the success of that movie, he starts Blumhouse Productions. So this is... I mean, so that's a, I want to go back real quick, though. Kicking and Screaming. Like, that's a film that on the surface seems like a fun movie, but just listen to the title of the film, Kicking and screaming like that sounds like a pretty haunted thing to me like you're not gonna that's not peaceful kicking and screaming it sounds like you might be possessed if you're kicking and screaming and i and i think nico agrees with me so true so i looked up kicking and screaming um it is a film by noah baumbach um this is the one of these kind of artsy Kind of movies uh and this is the kind of thing where you and this is my point that i was trying to make so you can go ahead and make your artsy fartsy movie right you can go ahead and really try as hard as you can to make an honest to goodness like soulful work of art but as soon as you do that you make a little bit of money and what comes next is truly what you're made out of, okay? You think that you can put your whole soul into something, but what happens when you do, and then that gets taken away? That means that your soul is gone, and you start to make soulless work for money. And clearly, this is what happened with Jason Blum, because after he makes Kicking and Screaming, he goes and starts Blumhouse Productions in 2000. 
And really, it's it, it, it from here on out, it just becomes a scary movie about ghosts after scary movie about ghosts. It, uh, it just kind of sadly blossoms into a horror empire. It's it's sad, but um, this is the kind of thing you can sacrifice your soul only one time, and then it's gone. And then what? And then you have no soul. And you're still a millionaire, and you're still a filmmaker and producer, and now the ghosts have you, you know? And and this is a, a case of watching it kind of in the last 20 years, we see it from certain directors, and this is us finally seeing it from a producer. You know, what really disgusts me about the whole situation, too, is that I see it right from the playbook of the grand sorcerers themselves, the Weinsteins, where they try to hide behind these artsy independent films making it look like they're cool guys and you know it really goes to show that the, the first film is still so important because if you try to be too spooky and try to you know show your hand too much in the first film you'll be sniffed out but if you go on and think make people think that you're some wholesome good producer working with some really uh you know independent and well uh coming from a place of good meaning then after that, you have free rings to do, to do whatever you want because you already have that image associated with you that you make well-meaning films. Exactly. It's all about how you play the politics game when you're in the movie business. And I think that's why people like Kanye West are so well-suited um, to succeed because they can cast spells on people around them on the movie business, on the politics business, and everybody is placated. Everyone's happy. And so you really have to understand who, who you're dealing with when you're dealing with Hollywood. And it's you're not dealing with good people. You're not dealing with the best of the best. You're dealing with people who will rip your eyes out if they saw a little shimmer of gold you know, in your brain. If, if they had a spark of an idea, they will take a straw and put it in your ear, and they'll suck that idea out of your brain. These, these ghosts will stop at nothing to take every ounce of creativity that we have and monetize it. So let's talk a little bit about another current event um, because this is our Halloween episode. We want to focus on all the different kinds of monsters and ghouls that exist in the multiverse. So this will not be an exclusively ghost episode. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, some vampires because they come out also on Halloween, on All Hallows' Eve. You better believe there are some vampires out there. So It's every hollow that's out there. So that's, that's vampires, it's ghosts, it's ghouls, goblins, The whole um, shebang, everybody. Mummies. All, all, you know, and all the kinds of variations in between. Mummy vampires, mummy ghosts. Werewolf vampires. I mean, they, you know, they crossbreed. It's not like they're, you know, these traditionalists. People, people have sex. They fuck, dude. Everybody fucks. Werewolf has to fuck. And you know, if there's a vampire that's close next door neighbor, the hot vampire, you know, boy or girl next door, the non-binary folk next door, gotta pound Whatever. it out. Whatever, dude. Yeah. As long as it's consensual, that's what that's what werewolves are all about. So let's talk a little bit about some uh, some Xeno kind of animals, some, some people that are out there hiding in plain sight, actors, actresses, musicians, 
politicians, fakers, they're phonies. I want to talk about one person specifically. Um, this is somebody that I, I, this is literally, I was laying in bed. Okay. I was having a very scary dream and all of a sudden I wake up in a cold sweat with the revelation. I have one word on my mouth. Dracula. Oh my God. Dracula. I just kept on saying it. I couldn't stop myself. Dracula. Dracula. And I looked in my mirror and I could swear for a moment I saw his face. Not Dracula. Not Count Dracula. I'm talking about Drake. Dracula, as his full name is. But for you guys, you guys might know him as just Drake. And that's that's how I knew him before this terrible nightmare that I had. But it was it was as if I was touched by an angel and awoken to the reality that his full name is Dracula. Rob, do you know about this uh, this guy, Dracula? Did you have any kind of inkling that he was a vampire? You know, Jill, we were kind of talking about this beforehand. And to be honest, I was a little surprised. Like I, and, but, you know, not just that he was a vampire, but just how obvious and open it was the whole time. Dracula. I mean, of course, like when you say it out loud, it becomes that obvious. I mean, I knew that he was going under a pseudonym, like many people in power that they are. I mean, you know, like Cher, you know, Sherilyn, Sarkeesian, you mm -hmm. know, it, the tip, it tips you off if they just go by one name. So Drake, of course, isn't his actual name. I knew he was Aubrey Drake Graham. And I yes. just thought he was just using the powers of a spell, like some sort of warlock. But uh, Dracula, wow, yeah. It's, it's the kind of thing where you, you, you start off and you think, okay, yeah, he's just using it as a spell. He's a, he's a magician. He's a musician. And that's what they all do. But he's even hiding his own name because he doesn't go by Dracula. And guys, I want you to stop what you're doing and just Google it. If you don't believe me, if you think that we're liars, just Google image search the word Dracula. And you will see photographic proof. There's Drake with pointy teeth and blood on his face. He is a vampire only during this time. But, I mean, he is a vampire. And you have to ask yourself, how did he make it this, this far up without people talking about it? Why is this not in anybody's diss track? Why did they not mention this? And, honestly, maybe it's fear. And maybe it's just because they, they don't know. Maybe we're literally the only ones that know. But I, I can't believe that because all, all those Google images results have me believing that this is something that people know about. So I, I just don't get it. Is this some kind of mandala effect that we're not kind of uh, privy to? I mean, it could be. I mean, there's he's also a vampire as well. So he's a master at manipulating us. He's pro it's probably been here the whole time. But he's just been casting his spell over us to make us forget what we've seen. What's obvious. I mean, it truly is obvious. Dracula. I mean, it doesn't get any more clear than that. So only a spell could make people forget that. Interesting. You know, this kind of is related to the reverse Underground Railroad a little bit. 
Mm. So this is kind of a crossover from our last episode. This is a segment that's never going to end. It's just like Depth Step. We have to talk about this when it comes up. So uh, this won't be a full-on segment, but I'm just going to kind of quickly mention that it's interesting that Dracula has not run for office. And, mm. But I think the fact is that he's Canadian. He's a Canadian right. patriot, so he can't. But it, it, it really does kind of strike me that he does have this uh, beef with Kanye West. And the fact that Kanye West is able to kind of do a spell in front of everybody, in front of the entire world, and get away with it, I think that kind of makes Dracula a little bit pissed off. I mean, I would. If I were a vampire and I saw a mortal man attempt a spell and pull it off in front of, you know, Stephen Ray Baldwin, I, I would get pissed off too. I'd get jealous. And I think that's what, that's what Drake, is, Drake is jealous, you know? But I also kind of think that there might be something more to this beef that we don't know. Kind of a magic versus vampire kind of thing. And also, because Jim Brown, the Hollywood aspect, you know, we have Hollywood in there too. So is it Hollywood versus vampires? You know, That's, that's also, impossible. I've also heard that Canadians cannot enter the Oval Office without being invited in. Ah, that is it. So basically, Drake cannot buy himself a ticket on the underground, reverse underground railroad. And mm -hmm. he's angry because he's, a, he's worth $100 million plus. There's nothing that he cannot buy. And yet... There is. There's one thing that he can't buy. Money just cannot buy you a ticket onto the reverse underground railroad. Mm -hmm. You need to earn that uh, through humiliation and you know people hating you. And I think being Amer it's a very strangely American thing. You know, it's because it's political by nature. It's uh, something that's going to affect Americans and people that are trying to get to that haunted. White, white house. Exactly. And, and yeah, we have to remember what this is all for. This is in pursuit of a house that is so haunted. Uh, but not only that it's haunted, it's the fact that who haunts it? We have ghosts like Winston Churchill, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln. We have all these kind of ghosts that know all of these specific things, these secrets, American secrets. So if we had a Canadian like Dracula from the North come come over here into the Oval Office, he would hear all the secrets from from all over the place. And, and we can't have that. National security reasons. Well, that and there's the spell. He, he literally cannot enter as a Canadian unless invited in. Exactly. And Stephen, Stephen Baldwin's not going to do that because he's too close with Kanye. And maybe that's where – I think you might have just uncovered it right there, that it's, it's, he's jealous that, he, that Kanye gets to, just by birthright, just because he's American, mm -hmm. he gets to go into the Oval Office, and he can't. So it's the kind of thing where you really have to look at – it's not just – they're not just musicians. They're performers, and performers are magicians. Right. And I, I know that's kind of a weird, weird kind of 
mental algebra you have to do. But, I mean, what is a stage? You know, a stage is an altar. It raises somebody up. And an altar is a part of a ritual. You know, it's, it's all a spell underlying everything. You know, a movie has a set. A set is an altar adorned with all kinds of, you know, decorations. But they're all for the, you know, purpose of making the ritual more realistic, you know, full immersion. And there's a protocol to it as well, you know, that goes back. And there's tradition of when you're on set before there's the actual magic, which is when the cameras are recording. But beforehand, there, you have to be quiet on the set. You have to have a moment of silence to, mm. to usher in the spirits. You know, you have to roll sound. You have to speed, speed sound. You have to roll the camera. You know, you have to do all these specific tasks to accomplish a goal. Uh, very much like casting a spell, because that's what it is. You know, there's going to be some professionals that are going to come on to this show, and they will attest to what Rob is saying. There are certain protocol, certain rules that you must follow when you are behind the scenes. And we're going to learn just how serious and dangerous it is when you follow these rules, when you don't follow these rules. So we'll have some, some guests on to, to explain that to you guys. Because it's actually very, uh, very scary behind the scenes. There's a lot that can go wrong and a lot that gets put on the actor and, and the crew. So um, let's move on from Dracula, let's just say um, real quick, because there's a laundry list of facts about Drake that, that we could go down on. So let's just kind of quickly mention his birthday. Um, Drake was born October 24th, 1986. So October 24, 2 plus 4 is 6. Okay? So 1986, that's another 6. It makes him 32 years old. And uh, 3 times 2, that's another 6. Okay? So he, he's at his all-time powerful power at this, at this year, at this moment. Now, hold on. Um, Drake holds several Billboard chart records. He has the most charted songs, 186. Wow. Wow. Mimicking his birth year. Yes. Um, so this is crazy. Um, all of this kind of wrapped in a beautiful package. And he was an actor before he was a musician. Mm -hmm. So we have an entire life of working behind the scenes, like you were saying, how, you know, you have to be quiet. Uh, imagine, okay, I want you guys to imagine this. Imagine going to church for 9 to 12 hours a day, yeah. six days a week, right? Let's say something, six, seven days a week. That's what it was for Drake. Drake was in a ritual, a filming ritual, six to seven days a week, nine to ten hours a day having to be quiet, having to obey the rules, sit up, stand, you know, whatever they told him to do, right? Total control over every movement, everything he ate, everything he did. For how long? Years. Now, 
you tell me, how much would you learn from that about rituals if you were there all that time? Probably a lot. You'd probably be an expert when you got out of there. Like, it's your own little academy where you could mess around and, and learn all the spells you want. And so what, what does he do with that? He takes all of that information and he moves it to the music industry. And he starts releasing, you know, freestyles. And these are all, you know, kind of like short, improvised spells. Right. So he goes from being the one put under spell to creating his own. This is the first time that he gets to go out and has complete control, mm -hmm. which is a big difference between music and film, where the film is there's so many people involved uh, that are affected. It's most of the people affected by it. But in music, it's usually just a couple people, a handful of people, sometimes just one person that casts an entire spell, and they have complete power. That's right. And so he really took the power into his own hands. And so now we have him in the current days. And he just released an album, and it's called Scorpion. And if I'm not mistaken, he is a Scorpio. Mm -hmm. So, um, and this song, he has um, a song called, uh, on the album, it's called God's Plan. Now... That would be a, a normal song title for anybody else. But when you put into account a couple things, one, that Kanye West calls himself a god, and you also put into account that Drake is a jealous person over Kanye, it really starts to kind of connect that possibly God's plan is Drake trying to expose Kanye's plan to get into the underground, reverse underground railroad. Hmm. Interesting. You see? The um, subversion. They're taking shots at each other over music. You know? Uh, this they're is casting spells at each other. Yes. Yes, Rob. That's exactly it. I, I said it wrong the first time. You, you perfectly corrected me. They are casting spells at each other. They're, they're slinging them at each other. We have another guy, Pusha T, who's also in the mix. Um, basically, guys, if you guys don't know what's going on in, in the rap world with all the beefs and stuff, I mean, this is kind of old news, but I mean, get over, you know, go go to YouTube and just look up, you know, uh, Drake, Pusha T, Beef, and you, you can get acquainted with what's going on pretty quickly. I can't really give you a good synopsis other than to say that um, some people said some mean things to each other. One guy said some really mean things, and the other guy, Drake, just kind of like decided not to to do that again because he's not much of a, a battle rapper so he kind of bowed out and decided to make money make a lot of money so that's what he's doing and he's stockpiling all of this money instead of you know perfecting his spells and i feel like this is kind of why he has you know kind of been outdone uh, by kanye west because he can't work on um, his spells as good as other people can. He's more focused on the greed, you know, that dollar bill, um, which is why he's associated with so many record labels that have money, you know, cash money, young money. It's, it's so material, you know? And I feel like that's the problem that, that uh, Drake, Dracula has. 
that this vampire is just too obsessed with money. And it, frankly, it's doing him a disservice. He should really practice on his spells. Dude, I just crunched the numbers. Uh, the word God, when you add those numbers up, mm -hmm. you get the number 26. That's oh my two God. Two sixes. So God is just one six away from being the devil. Exactly. That's, wow. Actually, you saying that, I think we're all one six away from being the devil. You know? Because how often do we, we find in all of these celebrities, all of these people in their names, we find sixes, you know? We're all a six away from being, being marked by the beast. So we got to tread very lightly, very carefully. Because, you know, once you get marked, there's nothing really you can do about it. You're marked for life. So um, let's move on from, from Dracula. Just, yeah, real quick, guys. If you're going to listen to his music, you know, put on a, a, a clove of garlic. Put it in your pocket or something. Just protect yourself a little bit. Um, so I want to talk um, really quick. I want to revisit something because... We have done you a disservice. We have given you um, information that was not complete. And I, I feel terrible. So, oh. go ahead. This is, right, this is to amend. So we're going back, and, you know, research is always coming in all the time. Uh, this is something we probably should have caught. But this, this is to amend our episode about the Lost Boys. Uh, yes. You know, and we're doing this because we want to make sure that it's right. Uh, that you get all the information that you need to, and specifically about his star, Jason Patrick. Yes. So just like Rob said, this is to amend, um, and we're apologizing for this. This was an error in judgment, but um, we caught it. No one else caught it for us. We caught it, and so I'm, I'm happy to say that we, we are a well-tuned machine, and we are working out the kinks. So Jason Patrick, the character of Michael in the um, 1986 movie, The Lost Boys. Um, we talked about how his grandfather was Jackie Gleason. Jackie Hotep Gleason, perhaps. Yes, Jackie Hotep Gleason. And so we talked about that. And, and we talked about how, you know, the legacies of, of famous people, how it's all kind of a dynasty. You have uh, the grandfather, skips a generation, the grandson, okay? Well, w we were wrong, okay? Well, we weren't wrong in the total critical sense, but we were wrong in a very minute way because we thought that it skipped a generation. Um, it's not true because his father, uh, Jason Patrick's father, was Jason Miller, who was... The priest, Father Damien Karras, in the movie The Exorcist. And if wow. you all remember, how that ends is that the Father Damien, at the end of the film, gets takes the devil into his own soul and jumps out a window. Yes. So the whole his whole arc in that film is for him to accept the devil, and then and then to sacrifice himself. And, and this is a, a movie that he took. This is a 1973 movie. Okay? So he took that information and he 
of course, wrote, you know, uh, his son was raised in uh, his life with the knowledge that his father made this movie. So, yeah, I, this had something very, very big to do in his life. Uh, I believe that Jason Patrick was 13 years old when his dad wow. came out with this movie. So think about that, you know? I, I mean, I'm pretty spooked. I mean, you know, a lot of times we'll find some more info that resurfaces and it doesn't mean a lot, but I think this one was definitely something that was worth letting everyone know about because uh, that's pretty explosive. You know, it shows that these are dynasties. These are not one-offs. Uh, you know, these are powers that are more powerful than we even gave them credit to be. And, and, and like I said, it's the coupling, right? It's the fact that Jason Miller attaches himself to the power of Jackie Gleason's daughter and it becomes a power couple. Mm -hmm. And this is a story of success where, a, you know, two families are joined together for the betterment of, of the entire unit for the world, maybe. But we have cases where that's not the case, well, where it just doesn't turn out the way that the people want it to. We have Brad and Angelina, you know, we have Brad and Jen, you know, um, we have Jennifer Garner and uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy from Good Will Hunting, uh, Ben Affleck. Robin Williams. Oh. Yeah, well, right. then you have Robin Williams. Um, so, so let's talk about a tragic story of love and loss. Um, this was, we had talked about this. We had tried to profile um, it earlier. And this is going to be a recurring segment because these kind of stories just keep on coming up. And we have to talk to you about it because if we don't, we're doing you a disservice. And this was really close to you, Rob. I know you really were rooting for the for these two. Yeah. And I know it hurts you to hear the, the news, but Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson are splitsville. They are no more. Say it ain't so. I'm sorry. But um, they, uh, irreconcilable differences, I think she might have broken up with him, but the, uh, you know, you could read it in the tea leaves a week or two before they broke up. They had covered up their tattoos. Mm. She gave him back his dad's uh, ring. You know, uh, he seems to be very broken up about it, but I guess what I really wanted to talk about was that this is an uncoupling of two powerhouses, right? Ariana Grande. And Pete Davidson, they were in it, and we had, I had said, and maybe I, I doomed them when I said this, but I had said that they were the new Brad and Angelina Jolie. And, uh, you know, I, I'm right. I was right. And I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, it's the incantation, Jim. You have to be careful what you say, and this goes for everyone out there. You have to be careful about the words that you choose, because sometimes they end up being a spell. And yeah. the words from your mouth ends up being God's truth. Uh, and you marked it from that moment. And you can go back, listeners, and see that he definitely called that one out. Um, he, marked, he marked them. Uh, so it was doomed at that moment. 
Um, so we so we apologize. At least I do. I don't know how you feel, Joe, but I I, I do to to Mr. Grande and uh, Mr. Davidson. You know, uh, I hope you kids find some some love out there. Uh, I, I'm sure there's plenty that love both of you. So go out there and feel that love. Uh, and you know, we'll come around next time, and hopefully, uh, we won't slip up uh, in that in that way. Yeah. Uh, I feel really responsible for this one, guys. Um, and, you know, obviously they had their own lives. They they made their own decisions. But, yeah, you're right, Rob. A spell is a spell. I, I put it out there. We are much more powerful than we give ourselves credit. And I'm going to remember this for next time. I'm going to make sure that my words are kept, you know, at least... The ones that I, I want to keep to myself, I'm going to keep to myself because I want to say a lot of things. I have a lot of opinions, a lot of hot takes. But the fact is, if, if I keep on you know making a hot takes and then they come true, I'm going to feel really guilty. Okay? I, I, I don't want to live with this kind of guilt. So I'm going to, I'm going to watch what I say. I'm going to, I'm going to talk to my psychic and, and see what, what kind of uh, – meal plan that we can get me on that can limit the the kind of words that i can say i've heard about this um so i'm gonna get on that i think that's uh it for this week though rob do you have anything else you want to add on i just think that i think that goes to all of our listeners and all to to ourselves as well is that self-care is very important you know we're all dealing with the paranormal in our own way uh it doesn't really affect us in necessarily the same methods as well uh you know geo is blessed and cursed with his ability to recite incantations to make truths happen uh and i'm sure you have your own paranormal experiences that you're dealing with as well so take care of those recognize that although they may feel unique it is a part of a broad tapestry of paranormal activity that we're all included in here uh, so feel comfortable to keep on listening, keep on reaching out, uh, and recognize that we're in it together. That's right. Um, give us five stars. Give us a nice review. Um, comment on any of our episodes, whatever you want to do. Uh, follow us uh, at Twitter, Instagram, Ghost in the Scene, Ghost in the Meme, underscore, you know, all that stuff. You know, guys, I want you to be safe this week. Um, take care and uh, stay in the scene. Keep those eyes on the screen, everyone, and stay extreme. It's a, it feels very extreme right now. It's Halloween, but as we said, it passes. Come uh, November 1, you'll forget that this ever happened. So uh, keep on keeping on till then. That's right. And, of course, happy anniversary, Rob. We fucking did it. Another year. Um, it feels so great to be in Ghost in the Scene with you, dude. We have uh, broken down so many cases in, in the past two years. This past year we podcasted, but, you know, we've done YouTube and stuff. It has been a whirlwind of just, like, beautiful information. We've, we've had people from all around the world reach out to us. It's been a wild ride. I just want to thank you personally for everything that you do and for being the beautiful Rob Thomas, the unique Rob Thomas that you are. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Joe. I mean, it's, I, I had no clue what I was getting myself into at the beginning of this journey. And when I think of that arc that we've gone through so far, but I am more astounded of what is to come to the future, uh, where this is going to lead. And I could not be more proud 
and humbled and honored to be doing it so with you. So here's mm-hmm. to then here's to the future. Uh, let's keep on rocking this. And yeah. we're going to we're going to blow the whole whole thing open. That's right. The, the lid is being bust open. And so we're glad that everyone's going to be there with us to to see it and to see all the contents of whatever's under that lid. So till next time guys, take care. <laughs>